Alright, I didn't want you here, but you're here now, so let's jump straight back into part two with our top three most memorable moments. And number three in the most iconic moments is... Yeah, I spoke to her on the phone, seemed quite nice, so uh, a bit of a sick really, not nerves, um, excitement really, not sexual, you know. But, um, she said to be wearing a white chiffon scarf to help me spot her, so, um, oh, for fuck's sake. David? Huh? Yep, hiya. Susan? Yeah, yeah. Can I get you a drink? No, I'll get one. Have you got one? Got you go and sit down, I'll get one. <laughs> it's funny how it's not because I don't think I don't think the viewers were voting on the entire blind date. It was literally just that moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, it's, for, oh, for fuck. This placement just rests on that one line. Oh, of course, it's, yeah. the, it meant, <laughs> it's the picture as well, like the, the shot of her behind his shoulder and that face that he makes to camera. I, it's definitely the most memeable moment. Yeah, yeah, probably, yeah. In the office, yeah. <laughs> this is one thing I've kind of, and I wonder if Merchant and Gervais would do it now that like Brent's win at the end of the series is. Not necessarily that he's had a successful date, but the successful date was with an attractive woman, do you know what I mean? I wonder if it would have been better for his character if his date that had turned up had been... Imagine if at the Christmas party, she turns up, he thinks it's going to be an absolute loss. He's embarrassed at first, but he brings her in and then they get on. And then that would show that yeah. he's kind of get, he's kind of breaking down those kind of like... Yeah, no, that's an interesting idea. Like if they had a really... I don't know. Because at the end, well, no, yeah, his, imagine... his, his win is very superficial because he's got... He's, he, yeah, he, but... He'd had a successful but... date with an attractive woman. Imagine if she hadn't been like... And like if she'd come to the Christmas party and actually they had suddenly... Yeah, that's what I mean. No, no, no. But if they'd become like a really funny double act and actually they were there between them making everybody laugh and having a good time, they were life and soul of the They've both done the dance. No, I think that that... I, I know what you're saying, Jack. I think that would have overstated the redemption of Brent. It's maybe. not his redemption. Yeah, it's just a little moment of optimism in his life, which he is quite shallow. Yeah, he's yeah. not going to suddenly. That it would be too much like a. It would be too much like a sudden rescue of his character. Maybe. Which it would be more like saying on the American Office. Yeah, yeah, okay. I, I yeah. know, but I yeah, yeah. The whole point of the office is it's it's real. You know what I mean? He's yeah. a flawed character. Yeah, he is shallow. He does go on. People do that when they go on the dating sites. Yeah, you know when you go there hoping to yeah. meet someone's out of your league. Really, let's be honest. No, it was really, really important to him, and he maintains whole, true to his character. It was really important to him that she wasn't unattractive. Yeah, he is yeah. shallow. It, if, to have him have have him have a whole massive redemption. Like yeah, that yeah, yeah I, I, know, I know. The funny thing about this as well, this scene, he was one camera crew away from running away as well. Yeah, yeah, Because if they hadn't been there, he would have hightailed it straight away. In fact, even with them there, she says, "David," and and, yeah. and he, 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 he almost does it then. So, exactly, but he just, he's looking at the camera and he just thinking, "Yeah, exactly." He, yeah, he's a, he's a five second beat where he's like, "What can yeah. I do? Like, yeah. what, <laughs> what options have I got?" He's clearly flicking through the roller decks in his head, like, "What options have I got here?" And then he hasn't got. He's got the only option he's got to turn around and acknowledge it and walk walk into the, the hellfire we're down to the final two boys right so hold on let's try and maybe take some okay so what we've got left we've got well we've got the redundancy we've got she said no I'm now just kind of looking through serious ones we've got there's, there's been a rape been a, up there yeah. surely there's only two there's no two no left. no I'm just trying to think of what we've got but we haven't but I know is on the we top 20 alright well let's, we let's have have dance, we'll go through the last two the dance hasn't come out yet we haven't had the dance yet. We haven't had it. It's probably going to be the dance. If, okay, if it's not the dance and I think there's been a rape up there, then the fact that those two, or one of them at least, didn't get into the top ten is a shocker. All right. That is a big upset. So okay, let's find right. out. I'm not happy with the dance. 
Okay, here we go. No. I, I wouldn't say we dance necessarily deserves to be up there, but that's kind of uh, as far as iconic moments. Yeah. Right, I tell you what, okay. the, like I said, these last these these two have been switching switching around loads the whole way through. Okay, so, okay, so it's been a nail biter. It's been a nail biter, man. It's been going just back for the top forward. two. I think yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you only closed it a little bit earlier today. Didn't yeah, you yeah, yeah. It? It, it changed twice today. Okay. Okay. Let's just here watch we go. The video. Don't say what it is. Just start playing. Number two. He's my son. The doctor's telling the truth as well. Is he a man old? Careful, she's got fuel set. Um, not only me. Oh, I mean, wow. anybody else got goosebumps after that one, man? Every time. I've seen that scene so many times. And I can't hear that song now. Only yeah, 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 yeah. It's again, it's fused together with, like, um, um, Don't Mention the War. It's fused <laughs> together with Eric Hitchmo. Yeah. That song, if I hear it, I get goosebumps and I think about yeah. that scene. Yeah. I mean, you can't argue with that, can you? This, this oh, scene. no, 100%. Especially being number two. I mean, no, you can't. It's just occurred to me, though. I, just, I mean, again, this is why I love doing these, these podcasts with you guys, because sometimes things just pop into your mind. Like... We were just watching that video clip there, and Bren's face when Tim walks off, he looks and he smiles, and he's got such a look of content and happiness for Tim, and that shows like the difference between the friendships between Brent and Finchie and mm. Brent and, and, and Tim and and, and Dawn, uh, sorry Tim and Brent, because he genuine is genuine. <laughs> David is genuinely genuinely happy there, and there's no nothing self-serving, nothing at all. He's just he's just so elated for Tim. It's just one of those couple of scenes in the Christmas specials where they allow the guard to come down. They allow it to be overtly sentimental, mm. but it works because it's such a tiny little moment in amidst this storm of kind of cynicism and realism. Just a, a silver lining moment. You, you can't help but just melt for it. You know what I mean? Because Melting it's. Pot. <laughs> because it's not contrived it's not forced in there it's, it's... Oh. well this is why I mean and I think oh. why this deserves to be if not number one number two is yeah. that we've seen over the past few years especially in this era of like kind of like peak TV of like how difficult it is to do a finale and Game of Thrones found that out oh. <laughs> and, and if you think about the fact that in this in the top 20 that we whittled it down to but we had the, the fans voting on we had like what three scenes, not only just from the Christmas special, not yeah. only from Christmas special part two, but from the end, like coming towards the end of the Christmas special. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. The, the, they so absolutely nailed the landing on, on, on the show. And I think that's what contributed to its legacy. If, they, if, 100%. They, if, if the Christmas specials hadn't been as good, then I wonder if we would kind of think back on the show mm. so fondly but they absolutely tied the bow on it like on the Christmas present it's, it it's, so right. Right. it's so hard to end these things and this is an absolute so example right. of that and people still th 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 I mean the image I mean we were watching the video to remind ourselves of it and the, the thumbnail at the end of it now is just them two kissing and it's just such an iconic image isn't it Dawn mm. and Tim kissing and it's just such a kind of a great kind of like ending to not only to the episode but to, to the show as a whole and yeah. it's uh, we know how difficult it is to do that kind of thing. We know how difficult it is for comedy shows as well, without what? and with, without it becoming too sentimental. Like you got the absolute great laughs from the show, but but clearly they can hit these kind of emotional highs as well. Yeah. And this is one of the most emotional endings to, to, to in a in a TV series I've ever seen. Well, it and it's and it's with the simplicity of two characters kissing, something you normally take for granted in a yeah, TV yeah. show because yeah. you don't get much of that. You don't get much sentiment when it appears. It just it feels right. Yeah, you know, and it's it's simple as well. Oh, Tim and Dawn finally kiss. Well, it's like 
it doesn't seem like a big ending, but because it's so beautifully delivered yeah. and understated, and everything's understated, just because Brent told Finchie to fuck off, you don't think, oh, Brent's now a different person, and you don't necessarily think Dawn, Dawn and Tim are going to have a happy ever after. It just gives that little moment of optimism in their lives, you know? Yeah, because plus everybody's been Tim or Dawn at one point or another, right? There's always been that ungettable person that you've always kind of maybe in the back of your mind wanted, whether it was a fleeting thing at school or in a job or something. Everyone's felt that pain of not being able to get that person. So to to see it play out in such beautiful uh, mm -hmm. sort of... Uh, this chemistry just play out so perfectly well it's just oh, yeah you're right it, you're right totally right Jay. it puts the absolute perfect bow on the show and think about the pressure that Duraze and Merchant must have been under because by the time they were doing mm. episode, the, the Christmas specials the cult of the office had grown and it was such a phenomenon going into those Christmas specials I mean we spoke about it on the episodes where people stole the scripts yeah, it was yeah, such yeah. like a big thing like it was such a big kind of like prestige like people wanted to know what was going to happen and when Gervais and Merchant first put it up on their whiteboard like you know okay end, the end is Dawn and Tim kiss it's like there's a million ways they could have done that there's a million ways they could have gone about it and built up to it and kind of what would the location be like what would the situation what would the context be and it could it, and it could have gone wrong. It could have fallen flat, yeah, but the <laughs> but they absolutely nailed it. I think everything about it is absolutely perfect. Yeah, yeah. I have everything about it: the pathos, <laughs> the unique conclusion, the retribution for Brent, the kiss. Mm. Brilliant. Do you think it's too sentimental, though, Danny? I mean, you mentioned I this did, in the when, when I first watched it. I did sort of think that they'd done it a bit too perfect, almost. You know the way it ended, but actually, when I watch it again, I do it think just, on reflection you feel like just, you're, you're more just, grateful that you've got it. I, guess. I do yeah. remember. I that. think at the time, yeah, because I was used to it just ending in such a savage, negative way, and I thought this yeah. was a bit unofficy. Yeah, yeah. But in I, retrospect, I think yeah, it really works. But no, it, it it works because it's it's not overstated throughout the show. Scenes like that, it's one little moment. It's like a payoff almost. Do you know mm, what I mean? It's release. like it's like a it's like a payoff for enduring some of the. The, the negativity that those characters do go through and the pain that you have watching Brent fall apart. It's kind of like you need that little bit of a lift somewhere. Yeah. Otherwise, you could end up walking away from the show thinking, cool, that's actually pretty dark, pretty bleak. Yeah. You know. Isn't it cool, though, that I think this is arguably, you know, granted this poll maybe obviously doesn't see it as the most iconic, but I see it as the most iconic moment. And it's, it's really amazing that it doesn't involve Brent. Because you think of The Office, you think of David Brent. But actually, he's not at all the main point of the show I don't think this to me is the, I mean, the golden Tim, thread that runs through yeah. the whole show is this relationship and that's why this climax is so important Tim oh. and Dawn were the heart of the show and if they didn't have Tim if it had just been Brent be, you know kind of being awkward yeah, for, yeah. for 12 episodes it wouldn't be as iconic I mean it would be funny clearly. it would just be a funny but, show but you wouldn't you, yeah. it wouldn't be so rewatchable because you wouldn't kind of get that kind of like glowing feeling yes you know 100% I mean? like you needed Tim and Dawn Okay, so the time has come to reveal our number one most iconic moment from The Office as voted for by you. But before we get to that, let's run through the top ten with our Seth. At number ten, we have some bad news and some irrelevant news. At number nine, I can literally see him getting all motivated. Brink is his motivational speech. At number eight, what were you worried about? It's Simon, the IT guy. At number seven, another speech. This time to the Swindon Slugs. At number six, Keith's appraisal. At number five, it's sounding a bit gay at the moment. It's Free Love Freeway. At number four, Brent's Redemption. Chris, why don't you? At number three, Brent's Blind Date. At number two, the iconic kiss. And finally, at number one, the moment you've all been waiting for. 
Okay, well, you've got a complaint. You yeah. come and complain, and I'll show you the, the wrong way to handle it. This will be the okay. wrong way. Okay. Right, so off we go. I'd like to make a complaint, please. <sighs> don't care. Well, um, I am staying in the hotel. I don't care, so it's not my shift. Well, you're an ambassador for the hotel. I don't care. I, I don't think you'll care, care what when you I tell think. you what the complaint <laughs> I is. I think there's been a rape up there. I got his attention. Get their attention. Okay? <laughs> I mean, if it. You could. I, I thought. I, I had a feeling this would be number one. <laughs> Me too, yeah. I mean. <laughs> When you introduce people to The Office, or when you first watch The Office, this is the, I think, this is the pivot point, isn't it? Like, this yeah. is like, this is like that uh, series, series three of, uh, episode three of Lost, where you find out the lock's in a wheelchair. Oh. Or that episode of Game of Thrones, where Ned Stark gets his head, head cut off. This is like, this is the crossroads. If, if, you, if you get to this point, you're either going to stick with it, or you're going to jump ship. No one watches this with their mouth closed, this scene, right? This is that, the, the one scene where yeah, you just yeah, suddenly yeah, yeah, realise, yeah. oh, fine, what the I, well, I think when I first watched this episode, which was when it was first on telly, is when I realised I was going to be watching this show for the rest of my life. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, this might even be the first real example of, like, this is, in its purest essence, this is the comedy of The Office. This is what The Office is. Like, this, that, the, the awkward pause afterwards, that kind of, like, just kind of, like, completely... Like socially, kind of cringeworthy, kind of just outburst from from Brent. I think this is the first time we've seen Brent with his back against the wall to the point where he has nowhere to go but that shock uh, explosion of shock value yeah. comedy. Well, not even comedy. It's just just trying to get over one over on Rowan because he's he's again he's giving him a hell of a run for his money here. Aphasia. Yeah. <laughs> it's the lengths he will go to. It's that one-upmanship, isn't it? He just yeah. can't let him get away with it. Basically, yeah. He he resented being put in that role. He wanted it to be the other way round. He wanted to be the hotel manager, <laughs> yeah. so he's made it so that that happens, and then they get to turn around. Essentially, that's what that's what it is. But when he gets his opportunity to be the kind of, but then he's, there's he's, no yeah. room two, three, seven. In his he hotel, just completely so blows it out. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. He, he, he's desperate to. He thinks there's only one person person that could do the performance of the funny kind of like yes. comedy character, and then when he gets a chance to do it, he completely flops it. Doesn't he? he doesn't know what to do. <laughs> yes, the truth is he's being upstaged here, both in the role play, but also in front of his staff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's the thing. It's kind of double whammy for him which is why he just go balls and he, out and he just can't let Rowan be the focus of attention for the day like he can't he has to like he would rather Rowan wasn't there he wants to do the training on his own like mm. he feels a bit insulted that Rowan was even brought in I think yeah. it's so interesting watching him try and win He's it, Rowan's not fighting him he's trying to beat himself almost he's yeah. like it, he will you realise there's there's no kind of like upper limit to how far he will go to kind of upstage Rowan He'll even make a completely wildly inappropriate comment. Like, <laughs> yeah. I think there's been a rape up there. I mean, it's that jaw-dropping moment, isn't it? Mm. I yeah, still remember it, the first time I saw that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> And it's interesting that, like, The Office kind of has a reputation for kind of being a kind of boundary-pushing, kind of social taboo-shaking kind of comedy show. And it doesn't do it that often. In this top ten, we haven't really seen it much. Mm. But this is... I think it kind of comes back to this. When people think of that, they think of this. This is That's why I think this scene is a kind of the distillation of what The Office is. When people think of it, this is kind of... This This is the exact kind of thing that they think of. This yeah. is kind of like the, uh, the, the the catalyst for it. When people say, like, oh, you know, um, oh, The Office wouldn't be able to be kind of be on air anymore because of cancel culture and kind of the woke mob and stuff. They're thinking of this kind of thing. They're thinking the it's there's been a rape up there. Joke yeah. wouldn't fly. Yeah. I can't think of what else they'd be thinking of. No, there's nothing else there. So, really. so, so when so gender so so, that, so, that so when the culture clock. thinks of the yeah, office, maybe that. Yeah, but, even that, that. Even but when the culture thinks of the office, they obviously think of this scene. 
Yeah, that's true. I, I think it's difficult to look at this scene and not see it as the top one, to be honest. I know I said that some of the other ones I think are better, which I do, but it's just this, you can't help but give this one full marks. There's more emotive scenes, there's more heartfelt scenes, there's more, but there's just something about this scene that I think, as you say, encapsulates everything about the comedy of The Office. Mm. And I think when we spoke about the episode, we said, like, if you're going to show an episode to someone like. Yeah. to try and get them into it. You wouldn't necessarily show them episode one. You would say, watch this episode. Yeah. If you like it, you're going to like The start, Office. Start, start if again. If you don't like beginning. it, then you're probably you're not going to like The Office. Yeah. So it's all a bit of it's, time. It's got, yeah. <laughs> it's got the Tim and Dawn stuff. Yeah. It's got the kind of just the awkwardness. And you would know if they could handle there's been a rape up there. Essentially, that's, this date is over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think also there's something about the this scene. There's like, there's a shock to it. Because it's it's almost slightly jarring that he comes out with that that word rape as well. It's yeah, like, yeah. It's it's something like oh, it kind of hits you a little bit. Like yeah, it's still a shocking word, that. isn't it? It's like the yeah, N word is, or yeah. the C word. Yeah. Yeah, it's it is like that. It's yeah. like which is always going to be a taboo thing to to put inject into a comedy scene as a vehicle for the character. Yeah, so it's brave for them. It's to brave. Have done. Yeah, it's, it's bold. B- 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 yeah, well, yeah, that's the thing. It's, it's bold for Gervais Merchant to have done it, and it's kind of like they. I, it's kind of a, yeah. It's a kind of it's a it's a dangerous kind of it is dangerous line to walk, and they and yeah. they obviously knew like they obviously felt confident that they could kind of pull it off and have you still kind of feel for Brent. Yeah, like, and they would do sympathy for Brent. Yeah. yeah, but he would just kind of throw something out there like that and kind of like <laughs> so flippantly yeah. just as part of like a silly throwaway like mm-hmm. training day task. It's a very simple it's, scene. It's, it's not pivotal in, 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 in like some of the other scenes have. I been. think the reason people vote for this one as one of the best ones, though, is because of everything that builds up to it. In isolation, it's not as impactful or powerful as some of the other scenes we've seen, but because it's been building over so long, this is like an explosion after everything. Because don't forget, Rowan and him have been at this game for all, the last mm. sort of 15 minutes or so. <laughs> yeah. So this is like the, 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 the finish line of, of something rather than a single moment. So I don't know. I. I I don't think it deserves top spot. I'll be honest. I, I do love it, but really? I don't. I, I think either either of the top three could have done it. Chris, why don't you fuck off? Or um, I'm always, Tom I'm and, always more Tim inclined to, to, to one of the more heartfelt scenes being the absolute pinnacle. Because yeah, in terms of comedic timing, in terms of the shock value, in terms of all that, it is ten out of ten. But is it? Is it the best scene in iconic the show? I think, I think scene. with, with all know. these different dimensions to measure against, it's quite hard to set one against another, really. Yeah. So, but when it comes down to it, okay, you're, you're thinking about what's the best office moment, right? And the office is... I thought we said iconic, or am I... Iconic, <laughs> best, greatest, you know... To me, they're not mutually. <laughs> <laughs> but when it comes down to it, what is the office? It's a comedy. It's a kind of... It's a comedy known for its kind of cringe and its awkwardness. And it's about this iconic character, David Brent, and what sums it up better than that scene we just saw. Do you know what I mean? That is kind of, it's the, it's the absolute chrysalis of what The Office is. Mm. It's That's why I David think I can Brent see, is. yeah, I can yeah. see why that, it's got, it's got that kind of, the, the cringe, the awkwardness, it's got, the, yeah. the, it's got the, the underlying anger and vulnerability of Brent. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And like you said, it's got that kind of like, taboo kind of boundary pushing, mm thing going on I think it kind of just I mean it sums it up don't get me wrong I can see why it's there but for me it's just not as important maybe that's why it's still it's not as an important scene in a lot of ways in the development of the show but maybe part of the reason why it's still got the number one spot is because of that shock factor it's still kind of even though I've seen it a million times, I'm still shocked that Brent came out with that. Well, yeah, that's what it is, yeah. And like, yeah, it's, it's not important necessarily to the arc of the of the episode or the series. It's not important storyline-wise. But I think in terms of the the cultural 
impact. And yeah. in terms of, like, I feel like mm. this episode and probably that moment is when the ball started rolling mm. culturally for The Office. Mm. It started to pick up that cult. Because you hear, hear it all the time. The people that love it, absolutely love it, say... Because it's only episode yeah. three of series one, isn't well, it? Four, four, yeah. I've said four. And before that, I mean, we've had the... Um, Learn that. <laughs> we've, had, <laughs> we've had the pub quiz episode, but episode one and episode two, they're kind of more, you can't really think of necessarily kind of specific moments that happen in it. I unless, can. Yeah, I mean, I yeah I'm say. sure Danny can. But, like, yeah. but I mean, sponsored by Accurate. <laughs> I mean, I was campaigning for the inclusion of that, but. No, no but I mean, the, the, that training <laughs> episode. Campaigning. <laughs> When you, when you ask Office fans, people that love The Office, but they usually say, like, oh, that training episode is the one where I knew, but I loved it. Yeah, like, yeah. That was the kind of... The, the, that, was, that, that was the pivot point for me. And I'm sure that uh, that, that, that moment is the kind of the axis. I think that's the kind of, yeah, the, 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 the pivot point of, of, of that cultural impact that it's had. Possibly. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, More of these. anyway, at the end of the day, we decided to go for this reductionist approach, so we've got to accept the, the vote of the public. But I'm quite happy with that as number one. I'm just happy it's not the dance. Yeah, no, I don't yeah, want, I, I, I'm, I'm rant ready in my head. I'm very going to storm out like Piers Morgan. I think I'm going to be furious. I think that deserves a special mention. Uh, really, in my head, I was thinking, when's the dance going to be in the top yeah. ten? But then I remember that the people who were voting for this, as we mentioned, are slightly more discerning than the kind of like yeah. top 10 best comedy moments. It yeah. might be the dance. So the dance came in at number 11. 11, okay. okay. So it almost made it. Almost so it almost made it. made it in, yeah. So it, it, was, it was a close run thing. It's a but fair placing, I think. The dance kind of got in and danced around the uh, <laughs> uh, top 10 for a little yeah. while, but then it, it suddenly got it lost out to bad news and irrelevant news in the end, which is, which is nice. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm quite happy with that top 10. Yeah, me too. I, I, don't get me wrong. I'm happy yeah. with the top 10. I'm, a, I'm not... Yeah, I'm happy that, with it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I maybe would have put some of them higher than others. But, but overall, once again, in a show where there's no bad scene, it's always going to be contentious. Yeah, of course. And, and the thing is, everybody loves it for different reasons. So, you know, exactly. we're, even in this room, you know, we have different favourites. Well, so, so who things. has? So what are our favourites in this room? And what can we say conclusively? That well, just, just looking at this... I'm, I'm, James has now brought up a list of the, the absolute top 20. I think that top 10 is pretty... Undeniable. Mm. I would say, looking at we, we, we some of the things that are just outside the top ten of it. Tim's final talking head, where he talks about how I never thought it was going to have a happy ending. We got Brent begging for his job back after he's been made redundant. We got the Austin Powers impression at the club. I think the the only none of those I think really deserve to be in the top ten. I think the only thing that's a shame to be left out of the top ten is. We put in. It's at number eighteen. How is Elaine? She left you yet? Because that's the very mm. first an introduction scene, to and Brent. straight away you get that tone. You get. You, you know what David Brent is. You know the humour. You yeah, know the I tone agree. of the office. It would have been nice to see that represented in in the top ten. I think. I think for me, the Austin Powers. I mean, you know, like we were saying, you know, Danny thinks that the Slough speech is probably the funniest moment. My dad thinks that the um, the motivational speech. That's the scene that always makes me laugh the most. Austin Powers when he's. <laughs> that's the scene that, like, for me, reaches the kind of. Nadir of his of cringe comedy, <laughs> probably in any show ever made, will it ever be topped? <laughs> and it's funny how yeah, Austin Powers now to a certain subset of people is is iconic because is of Brent's impression of Austin he's Powers. He's used yeah. a lot of pop culture um, kind of zeitgeist moments together uh, yeah. with David Brent and with you know, <laughs> it's really funny. But that's it. That's what that's what the show was capturing. It was capturing this that kind of pivotal moment where yeah, like I said, kind of culture started to uh, culture was referencing other pieces of mm. culture yeah absolutely that, that, and that's what that's what so, com that, that's what comedy is that's what kind of n liking 
liking pop culture meant just basically referencing pop culture, do you know what I mean? <laughs> Rather than just absorbing it, it was kind of regurgitating it and kind of like mm. it being circular. So you see Austin Powers, you think of Brent. You see Basil Forty, you think of... Brent. Don't mention it. <laughs> <laughs> you see Danny, you think of Brent. You see Harry Enfield, you think yeah. of Brent. Twice, smashing in nicely and... Yeah. Um, and yeah. 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 Double uh, reference. Texas. You think Texas, of Brent. Texas, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... What do we all think then? What are our personal favourite moments? It's so subjective. We probably all did have a different one, maybe. I don't I, know. I agree with Jack, actually, about the how is Elena she left you. Yeah, that would be in the top ten for me. I, I think that should be up there. But what would be your number one moment? What would be your, all of our number, number one moments? Oh, number one. Oh, I, for me, it's Chris, why don't you fuck off? That is, uh, culminates everything perfectly for Brent. It should... It, it's it's That's his... That's his moment, you know? I, I, and that's, it's such an important realisation because he holds that friendship so highly and he holds friendship in general so highly and yet he's found himself with someone who's the worst possible friend he could have so for him to suddenly realize that that's that's the moment for me yeah i think that's totally legit what else jack what I, to be honest i think it'd be between the free love freeway or i think there's been a rape up there and in terms of like kind of just for me encapsulating what the office is and it's funny that they're both from the same episode yeah well yeah for me his speech to swinging lot is quite simply the funniest four minutes of television ever made I think that's pretty. Uh, yeah, that's pretty. That's a pretty good shout, Danny. Yeah, the yeah. Swindon lot is is, and again, it's an important scene in the development of yeah, Brent. Yeah. I I think at a push, I'd say Free Love Freeway, because I mean we've said it a lot that certain scenes encapsulate everything. I think we've said it about five different scenes now, <laughs> but that scene has got it all. <laughs> that song has got it all. It's got yeah. the comic timing. Got it's got the, the characters kind of. There's that moment where they soften with each other and mm. harmonise. There's got that brilliant bit. It's not game, but straight back into the song. Yeah, so you got the kind of you got the caustic nature of it, but you've also then kind of just got the kind of the them coming together. So yeah, you've, you've got, got the laughter, everything. you've got the heart, you've got the caustic nature, you've got the whole lot. The whole package is in that yeah. in that scene brilliant. in that song. <laughs> Love everything about it. <laughs> but then at the same time, I I also agree with James because I agree that that adrenaline rush from Chris, why don't you fuck off, mm. is unrivaled. You know, never have six words meant so yeah. much. I also agree with Danny. He's on a roller coaster, but oh, Chris, why don't you fuck off? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but it probably is, though. It yeah. is. It's, it's, it's that adrenaline rush. But then also, you know, the motivational speech always has me howling. You didn't say you only had one goal. <laughs> Just pick one. So that's it. No, that's the, no, my point is... Has anyone... My point is it's not possible to pick. Right. I don't want to put people on the spot, but has anyone got a favourite that hasn't been mentioned at all? Do you, Danny? Well, I... I <laughs> Lean forward I, I into have, the bloody mic. I, I have many. <laughs> Go on. I have very many. I know some of yours will be a bit more left field. Well, I mean... <laughs> he who cares wins. Yeah, 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 I, yeah. I find, I find the whole who cares wins thing really funny. <laughs> What's the single most important thing to your business? Staff. That's right. The customer. Well, coming out from a different angle. And also the, the whole answer phone, um, oh, okay. calling the time man. Yeah, hi Chris, it's David here. Yeah, bad news mate. We're gonna have to let you go, we can't use you anymore. Now, yeah, because of the joke. No, I've got a sense of humour, but that, you know, that was offensive towards women. And, you know, to me, I can't tolerate it. I'm gonna have to pass on. And sponsored by Accurist will be for 21 and 40 seconds. Pathetic. Is it? Oh, that, yeah. That, that's a pretty iconic moment for me. In fact, I, I said, I know I said earlier, I thought rape up there, but that was, I think that was the first episode I ever watched was episode two. 
And I just remember, yeah, that bit. What about the like, black man's cock? Properly hooked it, and the black man's no, that hasn't come up at all. No, that hasn't come up. So Charles goes, uh, is it bigger than the bread bin? She goes, yes. Huh? Philip goes, could I put it in my mouth? She goes, yes. So the Queen goes, is it a black eye? That whole saga, right from when he told the joke and Oliver walked in, and then, the, and then yeah. getting told off, and, and then, my, my and kids then, are going to see those. There was, it was basically That's a great little run of yeah, exactly. scenes, and then, then, then confronting Swinlock, saying, "Who dogged me in?" If I had my way, the place would be full of them, wouldn't it, Gareth? Yeah, well, half and half. Yeah, you, you are half and half, aren't you? Um, mixed race, yes. Yeah. That is my favourite. Yeah. Yeah, that that deserved a mention. But like I, I said, we could go on all night. I'll tell you one thing. Like I'll tell you one scene that I absolutely <laughs> love, and I'm not surprised. I mean, we didn't put it on the top twenty for a reason because like I, it wouldn't have had a chance, like really. But one one scene that I absolutely love is roughly forty two thousand pounds. <laughs> Every time I watch it, it makes me laugh. And just the little kind of little mouth movement he does after he says forty two thousand pounds as well. Like he's embarrassed to say it in front of the camera. And is Austin Powers getting the drink thrown at him? Yeah, no, that's a good one. Do you like it? Ooh, shall I put that on you? Brilliant. Twice. I was already wet, so the joke's on air. Reenacted by me on YouTube, so... You can look it up when you get home. Look it up when you get home. And, yeah. that, and also, if we're not talking necessarily just about funny bits, when... when Brent says... Don't make me redundant. And his, he starts oh, to well up yeah. and his voice shakes. Mm. That is such a good performance. That I didn't even it. make it into the top 10. That was on the 20 list. Yeah. Was it on the 20 list? That's I'm one of, surprised that by is, that. That is Brandon for his job 13. That yeah, didn't even make that's it. That's one of the... And it comes... I mean... Yeah, it just it it comes so out of nowhere, and you didn't think that Brent, that Ricky Gervais as an actor had it in him. You knew by that point he could do the kind of you know the motivational speech stuff. You know he he could kind of he was like a modern day Mr. Bean. You knew he could do the funny stuff, the physical stuff. But the, when his voice cracks, you think, oh fucking hell! I didn't yeah, know that. I, 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 I didn't know that yeah. Ricky Gervais was an actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. If, if it's in in the office, we'll find it. <laughs> <laughs> but, and, but 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 you know you, you see you watch the um, behind the scenes stuff and you see him messing around with merch and, and you know and making everyone laugh on set and stuff. Yeah, so no, boy, imagine how everyone really. else must have felt seeing him seeing him do it and kind of a, the, yeah, his yeah, eyes welling so up true. and stuff. I wonder if anyone was thinking when they read the script like I don't know if is Gervais going to be able to do yeah, this? Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's written himself quite a hard scene here. Yeah. So. What about the legacy of the office? What is that? What, what what is it about the office that lives on and makes it special? I think it's influenced almost literally every single comedy, especially English comedy show that's come since the the, the, the complete eradication of, of of the laughter track. Yes, just that's now a thing. even ones that aren't kind of mockumentary style do that awkward humour. Do you chalk that up to the office then? The, the laughter Absolutely. track, the demise Ab of the laughter Absolutely. track. Absolutely, yeah. Because the laughter track it, it suited certain jokes as well. So in a way, you do away with the laughter track and you do away with those jokes. Like if you if you ever listen to there's a really funny video if you watch Friends for example without the laughter track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it seems bizarre. creepy and yeah. it's weird and creepy, but that, that's because the jokes in shows like that are written in a very um, shotgun way. That they, you know, you, you tell it, you wait. You tell the next one, you wait, and they have to wait for the laughs. To I know, but then yeah, if Friends like, came out now, people would be saying yeah. the laughter track just dates. Friends it has come out now. Big Bang Theory is Friends. Yeah. That's the same thing, and that's one of the most popular shows. Going. Yeah, but the, and the laughter track, like there's a lot of people watching. Go, I just can't. Especially in England, it's more of an English thing. So I just so. can't get over the laughter track thing. But in the same, but well, basically, what I'm getting at is, is is that you don't just get rid of the laughter track. You get rid of the the, the, the comedy style that goes with it. In a but way, think yeah, about, it's, it's think about a certain style of. Comedy. But think about Mrs. Brown's Boys. That was dead on arrival. I mean, it's obviously a hit, but critically and kind of Baptist. culturally, it's 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 dead on arrival, isn't it? As yeah. soon as it started and it had the curly wig and it had the laughter track, it's like right, that's it. You're done. But because, it's not done because right. you're so dated. Yeah, obviously it's successful, but. Like in terms of, 
it's kind of, I mean, it, it, I mean, it's the classic extras Andy Millman argument, isn't it? Do you want to be popular with the masses, or do you want to be kind of a critically and culturally beloved? But the thing is, and the, the Office is well, both, both. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Office is a rare example of when you get to do both. So, so, so the legacy of the Office is what? I think. So, I mean, I mean, the, the thing about the laughter track is. Um, I think it was a very specific stylistic choice because it was meant to be a spoof docu. So I know, but now that's it's... what we're all forgetting. It but... wasn't like he's he like Stanley Crusoe, like I'm not going to do a laughter track. It just that that it had to have another laughter track because it was a docu. So I know, but now it's carried on, and I think, but you know, the kind of the rise of kind of like you know what they called sad coms. Like I mean, it's more of a thing in America, but like um, that show Louis with Louis C.K. or. Um, I'm trying to think of another example. I don't know, like Fleabag or something. I think where where it's kind of comedy, but it's kind of uh, almost a serious comedy, and it's not even really that funny, and it's kind of like a there's a complete lack of like actual kind of punchlines, and there's certainly a lack of like the laughter track. I think that directly is a a chain reaction of The Office, Hate kind of doing example. away with. Do you think maybe moving away from like TV shows that it's inspired? I think it's inspired us and like who we are as people. We talked about this, like being this, whether we would be the same yeah. people without the office. But if you think about it in a different way, actually, TV it's inspired personalities more than it's inspired TV Absolutely, shows. Absolutely, yeah. I, you know I, I, mean? I think you're right. I think I I always felt quite at home, strangely enough, with David Brent. He always sort of struck a chord with me because. Yeah, I think all four of us can probably say that we're people in certain situations in life who probably feel a bit awkward about certain things yeah. and, and a little bit, um, a little maybe maybe overcompensate. I know for myself, I've overcompensated in very Brentish ways, <laughs> and I think it really resonates. And there's something very comforting for me about David Brent. I don't actually, I don't find him cringy or loathsome. I know no, some yeah, people yeah. I watch it and they're like, oh god, no, he's so. But for me, I'm like. No, there's a little bit of me in that. I was going to say, I take, I take got... a little bit of offence when people say yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, because like, yeah. it's almost like they're, yeah. they're, they're yeah. saying that about me. If you don't like Brent, then chances yeah, are you're yeah. not going to like Brent. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Did anyone read that awful review in my London recently? Yeah. Oh, what a wanker that guy was. Exactly, but but he but what was it he said? He said the thing that I've never felt yeah, more in my life. He said, it's for middle-aged men to quote instead of having a personality. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but I mean, like, that's pretty no, Yeah, he's got a bang to rights on that, Danny. But I've literally never felt so personally affronted by an article in my life. Guy was a tosspot. Did you not read it? He said that he'd only listened, watched the first ten minutes yeah, of the he office, ten minutes, and then he formulated his whole opinion yeah. on that. But right. it's also it's going to happen Dickhead. for. I mean, it obviously affected the, the its main legacies. Yeah, it's completely kind of cultivated the personalities of people like who are around thirty years old, right? And maybe people who are twenty in our thirties. Yeah, the... maybe who maybe people who are twenty don't get it, but they're going to have their own thing. Like they've got their own things that they quote, their own things they reference. It's probably some. But shitty, I think they like, do. And our parents had Monty Python, but, and you know. But the office is more like Forty Towers, something that can be passed. But it, it transcends those generations with people showing yeah. into that. I mean, you know, you're the only one of us with kids. You're going to show your kids. The office at some point, I'm sure, right? I yeah, mean, they'll absolutely. love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and if they don't love it, you'll make sure they do. If you and if they don't, like, <laughs> what? they're going up for adoption. <laughs> <laughs> no, on, on, honestly, if they don't, if they don't like it, it would make me question what's changed in culture. Why don't they like it? I thought you were going to say something else. Then. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I haven't seen that bloody milkman in months. <laughs> 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 no, but like, say I show it to them when they're fifteen, right? In about ten years, when they're fifteen, if they don't, or maybe, maybe I wait, maybe in fifteen years when they're, like, whatever, whatever. when they're older, <laughs> I, show, I show it to them when they're older. Yeah, if they. If, if they don't find it funny at all, it would honestly make me have to kind of like think back of, okay, mm. why don't they find it funny? What's changed about culture where 
they aren't they don't find this relatable anymore mm. like because I think even down to now in the last 20 years it's still relatable you still got people mm. trudging into the office you still got people you know well it's not no, but you still do I mean it, it, even we, we, we're talking what at the end of May and people are starting to go back to work you know yeah workplaces are starting to reopen again people are going back even though for the last year we, we thought that was done with but, people are starting to go back it's still going to carry on this whole kind of like dreary trudging to the office culture but it's is just, still there it's not just the office though is it it's like as you said this show is about human dynamics yeah develop in any kind of structured organization that you go to tesco's is good you know the employees of our tesco's are going to have their own little kind of yeah, yeah. dawn and tim dramas playing out mm-hmm. and brent like character lurking around it's playing out. It will always. These characters. In school, are school, I still found it relevant in school when yeah, I was in school. Form. Yeah. These characters are. Ti- uh, uh, they transcend the office. They transcend, you know, the, the environment, and they're more about how we function as human beings yeah. it, when we put together in environments. And the only thing that's changed that slightly is how things have gone online more. So you don't get as much nuance about what people are saying and doing. I think that's a big thing, yeah, yeah. And you walk around on different bits of carpet every day. Yeah. Woo! Right, so that's the end of our countdown, and now it's time for the main event, something you've all been waiting for. We're about to conclude our exclusive interview with Ricky Gervais. We might as well. Right. You've right. got on with it, yeah. Right. Ricky, since, <laughs> yeah. Your, since your recall is so good, and you've impressed us so much, we have got a couple of quick-fire questions for you. I won't get any right now. No, 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 it's more it's about a quiz. It's a, yeah. You, you know, um, you, you and Macintosh does a, a quiz. Yeah, yeah, we've had yeah. him at one of our office-themed parties. Yeah, we and I was with him the other week. He's got a, he's got a cameo in Afterlife 3. And, uh, it, he's brilliant, right? And he was asking me some of the questions that he asks. And I, <laughs> I, I reckon I got every other one. It's I mean, more- one of the questions was, what's the time on the talking clock? And I went, I don't fucking know. I don't know. You don't know it. Right, right, right. So that's the level. That's the level of questions that he goes into. Yeah, go on. Don't worry, but this isn't about... I know it's sponsored by Accurist. These aren't questions about... This is more your opinion on stuff and just your take and stuff like that. Okay. So whatever comes to your mind first. What's your favourite episode of The Office? Ep4, Series 1. Yeah, you're in good company on that. For lots for lots of reasons. Yeah. Uh, not just because Tim blurts out, you know, his love for Dawn and can't take it back. So that was a pivotal thing. But we saw Brent in his element. It yeah. hijacked the, uh, his, his training thing. Again, that came out of a real training thing I had to do when I was a, a middle manager, um, you know, where uh, we, we, we had real training, right? And then we, uh, uh, we had to have cutbacks in my firm. So... Uh, the the staff decided to do their own management training, right? And they didn't know what to do. And I remember two managers acting out a bad hotelier and a good hotelier. And for the bad one, they went, they just went, don't care, don't care, get lost. And the good one, they went, oh, um, well, let's give you your money back and you can come and stay for free. And we, I just thought, that's not ridiculous. And so that's what that was about. And obviously the other thing of Brent wanted to win, as soon as the bloke said, he's like, you know, if it's a buzzer fault type thing, maybe I should, you know, he just wanted to be the centre of attention. So, we, that, 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 so that's my favourite. 
part of this episode was the uh, top 10 fan voted moments of the office and so many of them i think at least three yeah, of them yeah, yeah, including patient... number one were uh, were from that episode so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. well again I, I i wrote free love freeway for it and uh as a as a failed pop star that was that was uh <laughs> an outlet for me i think i think free love freeway was the second or third best moment actually yeah, 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 fans. Yeah. so yeah two in the oh, great. and um i understand how peter purvis made the video specially as well it wasn't an existing thing yeah, we wrote we we wrote that we wrote the the video yeah. to be in there. I used to watch all. I used to watch those again at the, in the training school. We used to watch those now, always like that with a sort of joke at the end. And yeah. uh, and and uh, on the day, Peter Purvis said to me, he said, "This isn't comedy. This is real. This is the real thing." Because I've done I've done this. He said. And that must have been before he'd seen any of it. So he must have been so confused about what was happening. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, just these two yeah, people that got him to do a fake walk, training walk in the plant at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've seen so many of those. <laughs> all right, this is quick fire, so you know, because I'm, okay, yeah. I'm getting a bit all right. Yeah, all right, uh, <laughs> I don't care, just answer. Right. <laughs> no, no, cut it. All right, okay, are Tim and Dawn still together? You know what? I don't know because uh, it, it it's not written, and I try not to. I, I try not to do that sort of thing. Like, you know, I, I heard that George Lucas goes on and answers questions like that. So on the Take spot. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, we, we, uh, you know, I, I, I wanted to leave people with a flavour of it. And it's, I, I want it to be in their head, whether they are or not. That, that's all. So, um, um, no, they both, they both died. Yeah. <laughs> there we go, exclusive. Ricky right. Gervais has now Come just written that. They, they both died of a heroin overdose. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Other than Brent, who's your favourite character? Oh. Here we go. Oh, God, that's so hard. That is really hard. That's not hard. It's that's not rigor mortis. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's probably, not that awful Malcolm, is it? Probably Tim, because he's more important than anyone thinks that... That ordinary straight guy, he's at the audience. So yeah. it 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 probably is. Oh, but big Keith. Oh my god, big Keith. <laughs> so good. So good and so so tight. I, I think it would I think it would have to be I think it would have to be Tim. 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 Okay. Could I say the options again? <laughs> yeah. <All right>. yeah. <laughs> Always the same. Um, what quote do you hear most on the street from fans? Uh, nowadays, it's you, tubby little ginger cunt. <laughs> but, uh, that's not from the office. So, but, so that, so it's that. Um, from the office, that might not necessarily be a quote. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah I've, I've told myself that's a. In fact, yeah, yeah. before afterlife, and so I. I yeah, yeah. Funny story about that quote. You got it for yeah. life. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I put that in afterlife, and then people will think that's why they shout. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what's the quote? You know what they don't? They don't now. Uh, at the time, oh, at the time and probably still that's got the record, it was just... <clears throat> which is uh, it's a strange quote. Just, uh, it's hard to write down, but it, was, it would certainly be that, would be number one, I'd say. Interesting. That's, yeah, we talked about that. In fact, one of the questions was, when was the last time someone last asked you to do the dance? 
No, that that uh, thankfully probably about fifteen years ago. I think I've done enough since, but m- maybe the twentieth anniversary will bring it all back. Oh. <laughs> oh, what, actually, one thing I wanted to know is um, what song is he humming? Is it Disco Inferno? Yes, I couldn't say in case we get sued. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Sorry, you have to backpay all your money. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Who, who, who was the best boss, David or Neil? Uh, right. Well, clearly, Neil was the best boss on every level because I think the main, the main thing about being a good boss is sort of fairness and, uh, you know, and not trying to be mates with everyone um, uh, and being professional. So, it, of course, it's Neil. But who would I rather work for? David Brent. Yeah. I'd go over murder. I'd be his mate. I'd, I'd go for a drink with him. I'd have a laugh. I'd, 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 go, for a drink I'd go for a drink. You know, give me a call Thursday after work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, he, 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 Neil's the best, but David would be my favourite. Yeah, fair shout. Right. Mm. Um, and lastly, was David Brent stitched up by the editing of the BBC? Um, yes and no. He did all those things. If that had been a real documentary, it probably would have had the same result because, you know, he he was a prat. <laughs> um, it was a prat. It, it, it was. I think it was a fair. I think I think it was a fair edit by the by the BBC and the makers. What's not fair was society making him think it would be a good idea to be famous. That's what is. That's what stitched him up. The way society was going, um, I think. So it was a much. It was a much bigger <laughs> stitch up in his life than just bad editing. But no, I'd say, I'd say it was fair. And the joke was that he called, he called foul play. But really, you know, you headbutt a girl once. And- <laughs> <laughs> See, the thing is, when we 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 did a, um, a section on the podcast called Stitch Up Corner, is a you know innovative title, and uh, it was basically just trying to spot these these dangling threads in the episodes that sort of seem to suggest that there's something behind the edit that actually maybe David was a great at his job, and actually it's just this 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 malicious editor in the BBC that's trying to stitch him up. So well, one of the big smoking guns that we talked about is um, it worked with the turtle, which is a oh. very unique moment in the introduction with uh is it the swindon lot yeah. no, no no it's not no it's not it's, it's episode three series it's, it's early on yeah yeah it's with donna when she comes in and, and you make this gag oh, yes. and everybody cracks up laughing and it's like it's very jarring Which never happens again <laughs> yeah well um the reason for that is that i wanted to start it with a sort of laugh like it was going okay and then it went wrong and so and i didn't want to do a real joke yeah. So I did a fake punchline. Punch so, and I did about ten different ones, <laughs> and that's the one that we used. It also works with a turtle. So, and it got a got a laugh. So I just wanted there to be a bit of intrigue, um, and then and then it go then it goes wrong. So yeah. that wasn't meant to mean anything other than um, it, it was the way of filming it really. Yeah. To get, it, you know, so you uh, saying we way overthought it like a bunch of nerds? No, 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 no. I'll tell you why. It, it's a fair assessment. It's a fair assessment that he was stitched up because a lot of people were, and a lot of people still are, and it does happen. Hmm. But I'd say it was pretty fair with 
Brent, because he did say such stupid fucking things. Yeah, and yeah. he was desperate. So it, it would be hard to stitch Brent up. He was such a willing prat. He took yeah, chances. Yeah. We, we poured over it yeah. for hours and hours and hours. And I think we just came to the conclusion that it's just, it's too easy to stitch up a plonker yeah. sometimes. If it's there you know on camera, I mean? it happens. Yeah. Exactly. They, they would never have left that out, would they? Yeah, yeah. You kick a football into someone. I, I, absolutely, I have seen things that I thought were a little bit of a stitch up. I remember I saw one, a, a documentary about um, uh, Bruce Forsyth when he, uh, um, in his, uh, his later years. And they left in the bit where he said, sorry, do you want me to do that again? I could do that again. And I thought he was just trying to be helpful there because he oh, knows yeah. how documentary works. And it made him look like a right twat. But mm-hmm. he wasn't being a twat. He was b- being honest with the documentary team. Do you want me to do that again? Because I could... Yeah, yeah. I just, he wasn't trying to lie. He thought he knows how TV works, so he didn't come through the door right, or it, they, he wasn't ready for the question. And and I did that a few times. And I think that that's done um, stitching up, but I don't think that happened with Brent. They just gave him enough room. <laughs> yeah. There's a really interesting thing actually in the beginning of the script book. Actually, I, I, I don't. You might. Be, I'm sure you remember. It. It's it's sort of. I'm a, sure it doesn't. Uh, <laughs> it's like a, it's a prelude to the original script book in series one. And there's a series of emails that is Brent sending yeah. to a producer, and it's really interesting because it's sort of it's him almost pitching the idea of the office in a way. And it's, and it's yeah. kind of un- underreported that that those series of emails. And that, and I can't remember the details of it, but I remember that was sort of to show straight away that he thought he could have any editorial input. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so he already knew, he already knew that he wasn't really going to get his own way. So that was meant to be him dancing with the devil. Yeah, yeah. He 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 knew he was going to be famous, and deep down, he knew he didn't have any control. So that's what that was for, and it was obviously funny. Um, I remember when I was uh, uh, ten, fifteen years probably office. I read the Henry Root letters, and this was a guy who used to write to celebrities and ask them for things. And obviously, he was a spoof. But I always thought it was some. Um, it was funny to just a uh, an ordinary person. Right into Esther Ranson or a big producer and pitching them just this ludicrous idea that was never going to work. So that's where I got it from that Brent had a pen. He had highfalutin ideas. He thought he was going to be king. He mm. thought they were going to put that out and he was going to help them and they're going to go, David, you're not only a philosopher, but you're a funny man and you've got your own variety show. Yeah, you've yeah, got yeah, your yeah. own variety yeah. show. Yeah. On the world <laughs> service. Yeah. And even with I'll- the- Upstairs, downstairs, and even without editorial yeah. control. Yeah. Well, that's another thing. That, there was uh, no way they could edit them, but he could. They could edit him badly. Yeah, yeah. But again, you know that, right? We've all come up with ideas like that. We've all come up with ideas for danger. We've all said, "I have a good idea." Every day, a cab driver says, "I've got a good idea for a show." We, we all do that. It's just that <laughs> if you discover anything on someone's desk. But they didn't want you to discover. <laughs> it, you know what I mean? It's already funny. I remember once um, <laughs> we found a list um, at work of someone's uh, uh, to-do list. And it was stuff about his wife, where 
you know, I've got to get Brenda to get her hair sorted out and stuff like that. <laughs> now, he didn't intend anyone to see that, so it's already funny. <laughs> it, was, it was when it's private. So it, 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 it's sort of, um, it's, that, it's that unfairness of life that is interesting as well. Um, because uh, it, once you open the floodgates, once you say, um, make me famous, uh, people can take advantage. Mm. It's as simple as that. Yeah. I mean, what? yeah, absolutely. I, and it's interesting because obviously 20 years ago <clears throat> since The Office, but there's a very similar milestone, if not now, with, with um, the XFM shows. Now, we're obviously massive fans of the XFM shows, and, and it's weird. They are, Some people just listen to them on repeat. I know I've been listening to them. for. The, I, didn't, I wasn't lucky enough to catch them at the beginning, but probably for the last 17 years, I've been listening to them over and over again, and I'm not alone in that. And it's actually probably direct inspiration for us doing this is you know we we have our pint glass a microphone resting in a pint glass here so you know the inspiration for amateur tim pot sort of uh, radio station like that definitely has influenced us well that what that was the fun of it wasn't it it again there was a there was an honesty and a realism to it you know we were we didn't have to watch our p's and q's we weren't we didn't have to say the time we didn't have to do traffic you know we were sort of let we were let loose and um uh, you know, the joke was we shouldn't be there and we should lose our job. But deep down, uh, people would just say, how could, how'd you get away with that? And I'd say, no one's listening. <laughs> and then the irony of doing the podcast was that we could do anything we wanted and more people would listen because yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was global. Um, uh, but you can only do that for so long. And I think, it, it, uh, I think, I think the success of The Office and the podcast is that it is finite that it, it can't come back mm. so that it, so it makes it makes all that more precious yeah it, you know it's like when a rock star dies he can't ruin his legacy <laughs> <laughs> i just feel like it, it, it definitely it's i don't think we would have podcasts in the way we do now if it wasn't for those shows and it might just be from my lens that i feel like that no no i agree it made not. it feel well, like the it reason like, the reason I did the podcast was that I had to keep stopping the XFM show to go and do something. And I hated doing that. So I thought it'd be better if we do, you know, and the first time I'd heard of a podcast was you too did one on XFM. Huh. And I'd heard this term podcast. And to me, it just meant you can record it when you like, and it goes up on the internet and it's there forever. That's yeah. what, that's what excited me about it. If I'm being honest, I, I was excited by the no restrictions. We could suddenly say things we couldn't because we couldn't really swear on XFM. Yeah. We could say the odd, you know, the miles were, but we couldn't swear. And Unless we you were talking about the male bird, of course. Of course, that's it. Yeah, the, the uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is as we know a cock. Um, <laughs> So, so that was exciting. But the main reason was that I, I, I could do it when I wanted and save them up and put them out. And also, I like the fact that I treated it like a series because radio is so disposable. It doesn't matter. And you, you know, you do 10 shows a week and no one really cares. Whereas if you put them out at six, it made it seem more important, and more yeah. precious. So all those things... Um, uh, and then it, it seemed to be a bit of a lost art until this last year, uh, where I, I, I thought I should I should get back into it. I I became 
the only high profile person with a podcast to being the only high profile person without a podcast. <laughs> so I thought I, I thought I should do one again. <laughs> it's funny you should say that. Did you did you kind of have a sense that podcasting is where the kind of the culture and the entertainment sphere was kind of heading towards? Well, again, it was uh, in lockdown. I did some free ones. I, I did like you know one or two a week free ones, and it was low quality on you know just on Twitter Live. And um, and uh, someone worked out that I'd given away a billion free minutes of views. <laughs> and I thought, fucking hell! Imagine if I charged for that. And I phoned Sam Harris because I know he charged for his podcast, and he told me about the model. And we had a conversation and he said, he said, for example, if we'd have taped this phone call, we'd have made XXX, right? Yeah. And I went, fucking out. I'll call you next week and we'll fucking tape it then. <laughs> and that's how it started. I think in, I remember reading something about Sam's model, actually. It's really interesting because he's basically got this principle where he says, if you can't afford it or don't or whatever, yeah. Just message me and no yeah. that's fine. It, it makes it feel like you're 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 paying to support the cause as opposed to paying because you can't get it another way. Well, he's great at that as well because he says he deals with about a thousand emails like that a week. So it's a full-time yeah. job for him. So uh <laughs> all right, we, we you do that. I'll just I'll just record <laughs> me for half an hour. I assume that's coming out, <laughs> that's coming out of his share though, Rick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, but I just, it feels like without those shows and without the sort of the early podcast, the early XFM, it, it, before then, the paradigm was you had to be polished to be on air. Do you know what I mean? It had to be perfect. You couldn't have ums and ahs and rock busters and all kinds of stuff that, we, that we, 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 we love so much. Well, again, I think it comes down to people knowing whether it's real or not. Mm. Um, and uh, as I get, as I get older, I, I, I don't want to be more famous or richer or win more awards. I just want to go, am I being as honest as I can? Have I really, am I being, uh, you know, am I being as brave as I can? Those things start to matter more than all the other things. And, um, and even if you become more and more niche, you know, I don't try and be broader and reach more people. If anything, I'd go the other way, but the world's such a big place that if you, if you do something that seems so cult and so insulin and so weird, there's 7 billion people on the planet, you know? Uh, you, you, you don't need hardly any percent of those people for it to be bigger than the biggest thing on BBC One. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a huge place because the more you do that something for you and that something that's different, the more people will discover it and identify with it. Um, because the more you water something down, um, it, it might be broader and it might be more like it, but they go off it quicker too. And there's a million of them. It's, there's a million safe things out there. So yeah. it splits the vote. So the more you do something that's more different and more, you know, uh, and, and that's nice as well. When I was doing Afterlife, I thought, they're not going to be able to laugh at a comedy about a bloke who wants to kill himself because his wife dies of fucking cancer. And you just go, well, I'm going to make them. I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to make it like they, they love it and they laugh. Even if they've lost their own wife, they're going to, they're going to identify with this because I'm being fucking honest. And, and that's where you've got to be. And so um, you, 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 just do it for, you just do it for yourself and like-minded people. And with 7 billion people on the planet... 
there's a lot of like-minded people. Yeah. If you second-guess people and try and please everyone, you'll please no one. You, you know, that's what I think anyway. It's no, no, absolutely. It's interesting you talk about that, actually, because that's almost sort of the, the thought process that you can sort of see behind the scenes with, with extras, actually. I don't want to sort of go, go too, you know, keep you too long. Yeah. But, but that, that's such an interesting topic, and, and it sort of it plays out so well in, in that narrative as well. Didn't want it to be on BBC One. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that was, that was a little bit of... Um, it could have, and that didn't happen to me, uh, but it could have. Yeah. But it, you know, it, it, it could have. And so that was an imagined thing. And I know people it did happen to. In fact, coming to it, I'd heard horror stories, you know, where writers had gone, they'd gone home and watched the programme they wrote and they wept. <laughs> and I thought, I never want to be in that situation. And yeah. I only directed initially to protect the writing. And mm. then I produced to protect the director. So once you do it all, it's only to get my own way. It's not to make three times the amount of money. It's because there's no, there's no ambiguity who's in charge. I get my own way. And it doesn't matter if it if it's huge, middling, doesn't matter if it gets five star views or one star, you've got your own way. And mm. that's all that matters. That's all that matters. Again, because if you get your own way, there's enough people who will like it. There is enough. You don't yeah. have to dream these numbers. There's, yeah. I, I can't stress it enough. There's enough people to, to, if you do what your own thing, there's enough people for you to pay your rent. And that's all you have to do. Do what you love and pay the rent. That's, and everything else is a bonus. If only Brent had realised that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, exactly. That's exactly right. As soon as Brent learns to love himself, he's all right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he did realise it in the end, didn't he? I mean, in the end, yeah. in the end. He, he, he had that sort of that moment when that's why he was able to tell French to fuck off. Because yeah. if he hadn't had that epiphany, then he would have been the same old friend. Goosebumps moment, that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, and for me, that's probably one of the things I'm I'm proudest of that 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 moment when he says because uh, I think people knew that Finch was sort of a bully and he was brought into re so people realised that Brent wasn't so bad. But more than being a bully, he's a more dangerous bully. Because he's a friend, he's a pretend friend who's yeah. a bully, and yeah. people don't realise that because he slaps him on the back and says you're fat bust. You know he didn't like Brent. He didn't like him. He didn't. He wasn't a friend. So it was great, and he sided with Neil. That was the real dagger in Brent's heart. He sided with Neil, yeah. and Neil was his nemesis. So it was. It was only one way to go. Chris, why do you fuck off? And that, that was suddenly, oh, it was a bell went off in Brent's head. Don't, I mean, don't, don't, don't be a doormat. That climax, though, those final scenes in the Christmas special, because don't forget, I mean, you've got that scene, then you've got the, 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 the kiss, and then you've got, you know, and then you've got the date. You know, it's just such a sort of a, a perfect climax for the last two series of, of angst that's been building and building and building. And it's just, I can't think of another show that's had such a, a powerful release at the end. It's just incredible. Oh, well, yeah, thanks. Um, but if you think about it, it's very small. We just calibrated everything down. Yeah. So because it was being filmed and it was very ordinary, nothing really happened. There was no, no, you know, um, car chases, no guns, you know, nothing big. So something like that became fucking huge. Yeah. If it had started like that, it wouldn't have been that big. Because we calibrated everything down, you know, because they're being filmed. So, you know, 
that 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 kiss at the end was massive, and uh, it's not a big thing, but it is in it is in in our world. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, yeah. Certainly, is in our world. Yeah. <laughs> We've got yeah. much else going on in our yeah, world. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I think mean, you've given us so much of your time, yeah. Ricky. Thank you well, so much. You've given us uh, more than the half an hour we were expecting. So. Well, no, it's it's, it's been a pleasure, and um, I, I'm I'm so glad the uh, uh, it's still alive in uh, in some people's uh, hearts and minds, and um, uh, keep up the good work. I mean, absolutely. Mm. We were only just talking before. Keep we... up the doodling. <laughs> keep up, keep up, keep up the podcast. See, that, that's the thing. They're instinctive. They just—it's like a—it's like a muscle reflex, particularly with Danny. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. <laughs> that was a fun day. I remember that. So dismissive. So dismissive of someone's dreams. I, I like that as well. Crush. Crush. Crush dreams are funny because it's just it's so fucking rude. <laughs> it's so fucking rude. Keep on the doodle. My yeah. dreams are good in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and then when they uh, they do that, it comes nothing. It's, it's so it, it's so. And Tim going to uh, university. No point. No point. <laughs> <laughs> It's so great to hear. We've, we've been quoting these quotes yeah. for, for, yeah. for two years we've been doing the show now, and it's so great to hear it from the actual oh, mouth. Man. Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, this has been a, a pleasure. So, uh, yeah, you, you, you've had 55 minutes. There you go. We've yeah. had way more than that. Thank you so much, man. It's been <laughs> absolutely... Send us the invoice later. If you <laughs> it's just been... My accuracy is 1655. Is that what it was? I wonder what the time was. I wonder what the time was. I can't remember. Oh, I, I thought you had that. Has, anyone, had has anyone got the correct time? Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right there, man. Thank you. It's been a, <laughs> this has been a, a dream come true to talk to you, man. So oh, thank you thank so you. much. No, you've got so much on, so we really appreciate your time as well. Well, you must remember to thank me. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Ricky. And uh, we just thank got you. one more thing to say. <laughs> don't do that again wow there it is guys the Ricky Gervais exclusive interview with Wernham Blog for the 20th anniversary special. Amazing, right? Oh, I can't believe it, man. That was I'm, I'm still buzzing, actually, just off the back of that. So, yeah, really, really thrilled with that. Thank you so much, Ricky. We really appreciate your time, and, and thank you, everybody, that helped us sort of pull that interview together. Thank well, you for your time, Ricky, but we won't be using you again. <laughs> <laughs> Our yeah. tastes are quite traditional. Right, right. <laughs> we, we, need to, we need to point out, Danny sounds a bit weirder than usual today because he's joining us via Zoom. Um, in the time that's passed since we interviewed Ricky, Danny's sort of been collared by the uh, track and trace people, and uh, they've tracked him down. They've they've traced his contacts, and he's he's now got to s stay in his house. Uh, yeah, I'm not saying it's a coincidence that uh, it has <laughs> happened right after we interviewed Ricky Gervais, but you know, celebrities are dirty. <laughs> 
Oh man, I mean, I mean, this is an end of an era for us as far as the office is concerned. Yeah. But uh, I can't think of a better way to end. Is this our final word on the office? Is this well? I possibly, possibly not. I mean, you know, where do we go from here? Is yeah. what I think. Well, uh, that's kind of the peak, isn't it? I mean, yeah, that's kind yeah, of the pinnacle in classic yeah. Word and Blog style. Yeah, we're going to finish on a low. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. It's time for the quiz. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I thought it was getting a bit boring just having quizzes about episodes all the time. So for the 20th anniversary, I decided to take a little bit of a different approach. I knocked this together while I was going to be working from home. So my boss will be saying, you know, this is the fruit of your labours. But here it is. Imagine a cross between a quiz about current affairs down the decades and an office quiz. You've just imagined the office 20th anniversary special quiz devised and hosted by Danny Arnold. I'm all ears, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> but Danny, I'm going to need some words here. What does that mean? Yeah. I don't care. What's the content? <laughs> yeah. We just start and you'll work out what it means. It's basically all it is, is for every year since the year 2001, I'm going to give you a current affairs question or popular cults question or office question, but it's going to be themed with an office quote always. Okay. So it might be you with the office, but there's always going to be an office quote. All right. So, I like it. Let's do it. Let's go on then, Jack. Let's hear your buzzer. All right. Here's my buzzer. Chris, <laughs> why don't you fuck off? Oh, excellent. Left yours. I landed on my wheels, pulled over and said, what were you worried about? <laughs> Classic. All from the top ten, you'll know. All from the top ten. Every buzzer is a top ten so buzzer. What? Okay, so what's James got? I think there's been a rape up there. Number yeah. one. <laughs> so, right, question number 2001. The question number two. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Got it. Yeah. Okay, the quote is, because the regime don't like it, man. What regime did the USA declare war on in revenge for 9-11? Chris. Um, the Taliban. The Taliban. Come, Mr. Taliban, telling me bananas it was. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I like how light this quiz is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Question number one, Taliban. Yeah. <laughs> Question number 2002. Yeah, because it is 2002. In what month did series two of The Office open transmission? Chris, <laughs> why don't you fuck off? July. Oh no! Was it September? It was indeed September. Yes. Oh. Yeah. My next guess is going to be November anyway. So you were thinking of two thousand one. Yeah, yeah, I was. Yeah, <laughs> and I clearly said series two. <laughs> All right, I rub it in. I, said, I certainly didn't think it was July both years. Yeah, that would be ridiculous. Question number two thousand three. This is a classic Danny Arnold three pointer. So things on budget. <laughs> Are all these questions going to be about the war? <laughs> God's sake. Which three countries joined the USA in sending troops versus Iraq in March 2003? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Have you got one about the Suez Canal in there? Uh -huh. I know wars are various, Jack, but... Okay. Chris. <laughs> I think that was me. Who was it? No, that was Seth first, I think. Seth. Okay, so I'm going to go with UK. Correct. France. Incorrect. Oh, bollocks. Okay, I don't know then. Was Denmark one? Incorrect. Oh. All right, I'm going to go uh, UK, Canada and France. Incorrect. France notoriously refused to have anything to do with that yeah, war. Exactly, they were, oh, they were oh, cheese-eating okay. surrender monkeys, weren't they? <laughs> <laughs> Freedom fries. Oh, dear. The UK, Australia and Poland that sent troops. Um, basically, most of the EU were like, and we got no part in Eurovision that year. <laughs> <laughs> Such an oracle of knowledge, Danny. <laughs> okay, question number 2004. 
Um, often an amateur will stitch up a professional. Which team defied odds of 150 to 1 to lift the European Championship in this year? Chris, <laughs> won't you fuck off? Yeah. Greece? It was indeed. Yeah, oh, I don't know how the hell that gat came back to me. Yeah. <laughs> I was right. certain you were going to get that. Okay, question 2005. Hobbies, squash. Which numerical puzzle game began to appear in, en masse in paper? Two. Chris. Go on, James. Go on, James. Sudoku. Sudoku, yes. Correct. Sorry, guys. You said first one to shout it out. I know. I, I, I tried to press my buzzer. I was so excited. I just screamed it. Question 2006. You should get this one, Jack. Um, obviously, you are married to a Finnish lady. Finland. <laughs> are you finished in there? <laughs> That's the quote, as we all know. <laughs> Eurovision with a heavy metal track. Name the band. And the Chris. I was first. I was first. Okay, Seth. Was it Lordy? Yeah. Hard Rock Hallelujah. Correct. Yes. yes. Yeah, I remember it well. <laughs> Question number 2007. Could be a washout. Hope not. What song hit number one in May of this year, just as a prolonged drought came to the end and gave way to one of the wettest summers ever in the UK? Oh, wait, 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 wait. Hang on, James is panicking now. My phone just keeps playing the wrong buzzers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it keeps playing. Okay, James, you buzzed in. It's I fine. buzzed in. It's Rihanna. Umbrella. Ella. Ella. Rex, two points for James. Oh, because he said drought. Yeah, I was no. trying to think of how you knew so definitely yeah. just from that. You know, rain, umbrella. Yeah. <laughs> I get it, I get it. Question number 2008. If I want advice of you, mate, it'd be about mortgages. The financial crash started this year with the crash of Lehman Brothers as a key event. Partly because of all the subprime mortgages which they were over leveraged with. <laughs> Subject of which 2016 film starring the American David Brent? That was me. Yep. The Big Short. The Big Short, yes. Excellent film, I thought, in a way. Yeah. So what? <laughs> I thought this was going to be questions about the office, or am I... No, 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 no. He did explain. <laughs> no, no, but... It was questions about... No, it's a good idea. I, I, right, Daddy, right. I'm going to I defend like you. It. I'm yeah, going to no, defend no. you here. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, 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 I think it's pretty... We'll, pretty... See what the, we'll see what the Twitter... <laughs> see, James this. doesn't like it because it's testing his general knowledge rather than just his no, office think, knowledge. It's <laughs> boring comparison. Say that. Let's see who's winning, shall we? He's still winning. He's still winning. Okay. Okay, that says a lot, doesn't it? Shut that up, you bollocks. Okay. Come on, only 12 more questions to go. Oh, fuck. I, I didn't realise there's going to be 20 well, questions. Of course there's 12. That's the point. Is yeah, I know, I know, I know. Question 2009. Anton's a lovely bloke, but should he really be working here? Lady Gaga broke into the UK charts this year. She stands at five foot two. Now, according to Alex, is she taller than Ronnie Corbett? And by how much? I landed on my wheels, pulled over and said, what were you worried about? She's the same height, isn't she? No, incorrect. Anyone else want to have a go? Yeah, Jay? She's two inches shorter than him. Two inches shorter. Taller, taller, taller. I was taller. say shorter than Ronnie Corbett. Two inches taller. She's two inches taller because he's five foot. But unfortunately, you said it wrong, so no one gets a mark for that. Hey, question 2010. Right, main brewery in Reading. I think it might be courage, actually. Which Reading set film released this year stands as the only... Chris, <laughs> Cemetery Junction. Cemetery Junction it was. Great film. Great film, yeah, that's what I thought, so... You know, come on, Steve. You you come on as well. We've had Ricky. Got a wiki now, have you? Question number 2011. This is one of my favourites, actually. Imagine him in a band, Bald Old Git. Um, which um, multi-million selling, southern USA-based 
band established in 1980, split in September of this year, and who was their bulldog git that was their lead singer? Hmm. September 2011, they Se- split southern up. Southern bass band. Southern Se- USA. Southern USA. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bulldog git of a bald, singer. Bulldog singer. Man, I wonder. I bet that I bet we got some people in the audience just screaming at their yeah. iPhones right now. Yeah. You want a clue? Go no, on. no, 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 no. Ah, yeah, go on. <laughs> One of their biggest hits appears to cast serious doubt on the achievements of a Mr. Neil Armstrong. Oh, REM, REM. I was going to say REM, but I didn't know they split up. Yes. Anyway, that's yeah. what I wait, wait. We all just yelled that. We all yeah, yelled so no one gets a point. <laughs> yeah, no one gets a point for that. Can anyone name, can anyone name the bald old git for a point? Michael Stein. <laughs> No, it's bicycle style. Yeah, because we all answered at the same time. I think we all get a point. Oh, I just, I wish I just buzzed in and said Ariane because I was thinking that. But I thought, no, See, if I say that, then I lose my chance to say it. Well, it's no good saying that now, is it? <laughs> I know, but I didn't think. But one thing that stopped me was I didn't know. No, two things. I didn't know that they'd broken up, and I didn't think that they were famously southern based. I thought they were like. Yeah, that's true. The southern thing. Yeah. Oh, come on, yeah. who's the iconic band with a bald lead singer? White said, "Bread, bloody waste of space." <laughs> 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 right, question 2012. Does a struggling salesman turn up on a bike? No, he turns up in a newer car. Perception, yeah. Bradley Wiggins won the Tour de France. Prior to 2012, how many British winners? Chris, why don't you fuck off? Zero. Zero, correct. Oh, very good. What's the first? But yeah, nowadays it's a British person every year. It's exactly. Even if they're South African. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Question 2013. I think there's been a rape up there. Oh, God. What is this question going to be? <laughs> the song Blurred Lines caused massive controversy this year and was banned on many campuses that was seen to promote rape culture. It was also the subject of a lawsuit due to its similarity to which song? Artist named... Well, what so it was Marvin Gaye. Marvin Gaye. And I can't remember the name of the song. That's useless.
Oh. Don't think about it now, you pressed Fuck, it. Fuck, yeah, no, I thought you I knew pressed it. it and then you gave it a thing. Yeah, who did he replace? Shit. Jeremy Corbyn. Was it, um, oh, Saul it was, it was, um, Red Ed, Ed Miliband. Yeah, that's right. Of course Correct. it was. Correct. Red Ed, I don't know why that came to mind. <laughs> I, think they him, I think that they called him that because he has tomato sauce in his bacon rolls. No, it was because he's a communist. <laughs> With tomato sauce and bacon both. rolls. Yeah. Also, I don't, uh, Daddy, I don't remember who said left wing politics has to be depressing. <laughs> yeah. Being a quote from the office, to be honest. Oh, I, I adapted that one. Yeah. <laughs> Did you? Okay. Right, we've five questions to go. We're all tied on seven points. Oh, so, are we really? Excitement, not sexual. 2016, the melting pot. That's what I want. So there's your racist. Mr. Donald Trump was elected this year, but on what percentage of the popular vote was he elected? I'll give you multiple choice, but oh my God, you can have a guess. 40, no, 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 no. 51.9? No. No. I'll give you the choices. Uh, he didn't win the popular vote. A, oh, popular vote. 42%, B, 46%, C, 49%, or D, 55%. James, go on. James has got his hand up. 42%. Uh, that is wrong. Anyone else want to go? 46. 46, correct, yeah. Um, right, question 2017. The, the quote's not at the beginning, it's at the end of this one. Mr. Jordan Peele had breakout success this year with a horror film, but it's also the start of two iconic office quotes. Name the film and for bonus points, cite the two quotes. Chris, <laughs> won't you fuck off? Well, the film was Get Out. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you can give me the two quotes. Can you tell me what episode they were from? What quotes? Get what? Out. Hold on, am I giving you the quotes or am I no, giving no, you no, the no, episode? No, that quote is in two episodes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get Out. Oh, it's um, uh, mo uh, Motivation. Yeah. Uh, oh, and, and the uh, Series 2, Episode 1. Not series two, episode one. No. Series one, episode two. Yes, correct. Yes. Uh, Jack is now on ten. Seth is on eight. James is trailing on seven. Oh. Oh. 2018. Mike Ray could be a washout. Hope not. In what month did Prince Harry marry Meghan? Approximately a, a few months before a senior royal was presumably called into the office when Harry couldn't believe the way he welcomed new members of the family was by telling racist jokes. <laughs> I started so I'll finish. Fucking hell, Danny. Right, go on, James. Go on, James. Basically, what year did Harry... What month did Harry Meghan marry? Mary? Yeah. yeah, fuck me. <laughs> <clears throat> July. No. Anyone else want to go? Uh, uh, May. Correct. Yes. Twenty nineteen. They were dragging out by his hair. Who was dramatically dragged out of the Ecuadorian embassy in London in April? Chris, what were you going to guard Seth? Yes. Julian Assange. Mr. Julian Assange, correct. Okay, Seth and Jack are both on 10 points. James is on seven. Ooh. 2020, you're all right then, Hugh. In this year of COVID turbulence, the super rich got richer as much as the world saw their lives an economy devastated by COVID and lockdown measures. But as at the end of the year, who was the richest of them all? Chris, <laughs> won't you fuck off? Mr. Jeff Bezos. Mr. Jeff Bezos it was. And with that, Jack wins the quiz. Oh, was that it? Have we not got a 2021? <clears throat> no, it's 11, 10, 7. Well, 2021 hasn't finished yet, has it? Uh, so, but was that, 20, was that 20 questions then? 20 questions, yeah. It was, yeah, 2001 to 2020. Well done, oh, yeah, Jack. 1 to 20, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Fair play. There we go, the first. I think it's probably well the first quiz I've won. Wow, yeah, it is as well, yeah. Well, no, Fair and square. Well done, Danny. I'm going to... I, I think that was, a, that was a, uh, a good good quiz, Danny. Well done. I'm yeah, gonna, yeah. I support the format. Yeah, me too. 
Maybe not every week, but you know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay, so that about wraps up our 20th anniversary special, everybody. We've got, uh, you know, top 20 moments, check. Groundbreaking exclusive interview with Ricky Gervais, check. check. And quiz with Danny, check. Mate, that was excellent. Wow. In a way. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, though, guys, I mean, this is, this is the end of an era for us, in a way. It feels like we've come full circle, really, yeah, yeah, from yeah. when we started three years ago in this room. Yeah. And now we've come full circle. Danny, unfortunately, has to stay in isolation for now. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I remember getting that Facebook message from you just saying, yep. do you want to do an office podcast? Yeah, I remember it too. I remember, and I remember you saying, yeah, no, seriously, it'll be a really good laugh. And <laughs> your enthusiasm, James, throughout this whole thing has been pretty infectious. You know, you've really kind of motivated us. I don't think we would have got it done if you hadn't have kind of given us a kick up the arse. So. But I also, yeah, I mean, maybe you had these kind yeah. of lofty ambitions in mind but I never thought we would you know, no. get to get to the top five of the, of the UK iTunes charts I never thought we'd get to number one in yeah, South no. Africa never thought we'd get so many followers on Twitter to be fair I always had high hopes but I had low expectations do you know what I mean you I wouldn't have been knew, disappointed yeah yeah. you yeah. hear about all these sort of these indie artists that put stuff out there themselves that they record in their basements and stuff and you know that because of now you can publish stuff to the internet directly you never know how it's going to go but to go from where we, you know, from starting from nothing and then interviewing Ricky Gervais, I know that feels like it might not sound like a lot to a lot of people, but we, you know, this is something that we, anyone who listens to this podcast, will know that this this office is in our DNA. It's it absolutely, we, you know, we live and breathe it, and and we talk about it all the time, even when we're not talking about it, we're, we're referencing it. So, <laughs> so I have, you know, that interview. It really means a lot to us. And, Such um, sad little men. <laughs> and, and to be honest, we just hope it. In, we hope it meant a lot to anybody that's been listening with us since from the beginning. So, and a big thank you, by the way, to everybody that has been listening yeah. to us from the beginning, yeah. because it's you know it's been so heartwarming to have your messages coming through. Even in the last like year and a half, we haven't released a single episode. We still get messages. And stuff daily like people yeah. saying oh how's it going guys you know keep up the good work when are you going to do extra series two i'll tell you if we've had yeah. one we've had a hundred of them you beardy twat but guaranteed if we hadn't had the, the amount of listeners we did by like episode three series one we probably would have called it a day i don't think we would yeah. have lasted as long as we did if without, without the yeah. listener support yeah, so yeah, yeah. we've really got to thank you for that you guys have been amazing and thank and you very much <laughs> and to be honest even like actually meeting them in the, in the parties has been so much fun like we haven't done a party obviously for obvious reasons for well over a year but we're looking to get that back up and get uh, get back up and going soon so keep your eyes on the social medias and we'll get a party invitation out and uh yeah get, it'd be a good opportunity to see everybody that'd be amazing a post covid yeah reunion just the old gang. A Danny quiz in person. Yeah. So I mentioned there about the extras thing. We get a lot of messages about extras, uh, but I just want to assure everybody that now that we are out of COVID, we're able to meet up with each other. We're kind of back in business. You know, we're not planning to release them anytime necessarily soon, but they are coming. Um, so keep your eyes on the feeds and subscribe to the podcast to be the first to hear about it. Better hurry up! It's coming off Netflix next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. What will it look like in another twenty years' time? The office. Where will it stand? I think I think it, it's now firmly established as it's in the canon now of the, the if not worldwide sitcom greats, the British greats. I think yeah. our our you know the people the, the generation that comes after us, our kids, whatever, they're going to know about the office. Well, like we said before, the same way we know about Monty Python and Forty Towers. Yeah. It is. It's, it's going to be as old as Forty Towers in another twenty it's years. When we time, spoke right? to Ricky, you know, our mate Ricky, he said exactly <laughs> the same thing. He's talking about how it's basically now synonymous with comedies like Forty Towers. And yeah. Forty Towers is literally on prime time Friday, Saturday nights at the moment on BBC One. Yeah. You know, like ten o'clock at night at the moment, they're doing the, the reruns of Forty Towers. And it's like I, I like to think in, in twenty by by twenty forty, 
Yeah. We're sitting here with our kids, maybe our grandkids, and watching it and thinking, <laughs> wow. If uh, you make it to 20 years, then you've kind of, you, you're pretty safe in terms of your reputation, I think. Yeah. And people are making podcasts about you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, <laughs> The Office had an absolutely amazing and classic Christmas episode. And Ooh. if you've got a great Christmas, it's like great Christmas films will get played, they're guaranteed to get played at least once a year, so they'll never die. If, you've got, if you're a sitcom of a great Christmas episode, Good point. you're going to get regurgitated every year. That, I, I kind of, that's going to keep The Office going anyway. That's so true. And obviously, and, and it's, of course, it's got the, the, the American remake, which has kind of passed it over to you know the Americans as well, which even if they don't even know about the English version, mm. it still keeps the legacy alive. Yeah. You know what I mean? And also, it's not too like risky for the cancel culture. I don't feel like The Office is a prime target for that sort of thing in the no. same way Little Britain was, in the same way um, League of Gentlemen was. Yeah. It, was, it feels like it's you, kind of a bit more real and a bit more benign than that. Do you know well, what and I mean? also because at no point are you supposed to, if anything risque or politically incorrect or, you know, um, offensive is said, at no point are you supposed to support that statement. Or get you've behind always, the character. You've always got yeah. Tim looking at the camera to say, did you hear what I just said? They're usually yeah, yeah. bottled up in people like Finchie, yeah. aren't they? And, yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. And so or even, but even when it's Brent, you're not supposed to agree with Brent at that mm. point. So I think it's kind of, it's bulletproof against that kind of thing. It's kind of got a bit of distance from that because you're not supposed to sympathise with that comment. You're not supposed yeah. to get behind it. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think I think at a certain point, shows become kind of a little bit critic proof, right? And yeah. they can't really be touched by something. I mean, it only falls on horses when you look back on it now. It's because some pretty dodgy episodes. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it, like some really dodgy episodes. And, and even Forty Towers has got some very questionable yeah. comments in it. But it's kind. Of, it does just become. It transcends that. Yeah, I think that the, the office will transcend this kind of weird cancel culture thing that's going on, and uh, yeah, you, I, I don't think, think so. you'd be able to cancel it. I don't think you can get them on any of it. I, I think so, and I think you'd more like to go after extras. To be honest, there's some, you know, some of the bits in extras around like the the Down syndrome people in the, in, yeah, in the yeah, Richard yeah, Maitley yeah. studio and stuff. You know, yeah. a little bit. But again, like you say, Jack, actually, you're supposed to be on the side of right. Yeah. On that, actually, yeah. the, you know, the, this is preposterous. What's going on? Yeah. So it's a bit like South Park, but um... yeah, yeah. The the um, the politically incorrect or offensive kind of jibes are are not there unnecessarily. They're always there as the kind of the butt of the joke, and the joke is always on the person that said. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's also it's also used cleverly, and I think that gives a bit more artistic license. It's not a throwaway remark with a little bit of a racist undertone or something. That would be something to cancel, but it, it's used smartly. It's used within the context of the character. Yeah. It's used within the context of Brent's insecurities or Finchie's bullying. It's used to further the plot. You need it in order to understand who Brent yeah. is. Yeah, because you need it to understand it. Yeah, it yeah. He wouldn't literally, he wouldn't make sense. He would just be a normal person, frankly. Because actually what makes Brent Brent is how he responds to this stuff and how he is a sort of self-imposed counterweight to these Absolutely. absurd uh, comments and arguments. And of course, the fact that there is the ambiguity there, like we're saying this, obviously someone else is, was, is well within their rights to say, actually, no, you know, I do think that that kind of, you know, that is offensive. Or I, I do think that that's kind of like said in a kind of mean-spirited way. The fact that there is the ambiguity there is what kind of makes it kind of stay alive yeah. and kind of stay in, in, in the conversation, to be honest, because there is a conversation to be had. It's not a lot of sitcoms... Because they sitcoms by by their very nature, by definition, are kind of like they're supposed to be entertaining. They're supposed to be a bit lightweight. They're kind of not supposed to be too kind of dense and too heavy and too kind of like, you know, too topical. But The Office 
is 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 all of that. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's 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 both funny and entertaining. But there, you know, it says something about kind. This is why we did the show. Like this, is why we did this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Because it actually has something to say. You know, if only people, still if only people would it. listen. To this. <laughs> well, that's that's testament to how much there is to say about it. We're doing a little round off now. This is completely impromptu, and we've still got loads to say about. Do you know it. what? Yeah. At the tail of the conversation with Ricky, he said to us, "Thank you, and keep up the good work." He said to us to keep it alive because obviously as, an, as a writer, he's done his bit. He's, as an actor, he's done his bit. He's, he's done it. It's finished as far as he's concerned. It's out there. And we're He's sitting the there counting the money. Yeah. We're, we're down here in Africa with, with the flies. The, yeah, we're in on Facebook. <laughs> with little starving kids. Yeah. Exactly though. But no, but I, I feel it almost as like a... It's a responsibility of us to make sure that this show lives on. I'm sure it will without us, but I like the idea that we've got an opportunity to promote it because... The amount of people that we see commenting on stuff that say, "Oh, I never watched The Office, but I saw one of your posts," and then I, I watched The Office, and, and you know what I mean? It's quite cool to know that we're spreading it, you know, yeah. like disciples. Yeah. So, guys, thank you all for listening. It's been the twentieth anniversary. You know, you guys have all been amazing, and thank you all for listening. And if you could be so kind as to rate, review, and subscribe, if you're a new listener, we'd love to have you on the books. Um, look back over some of our old um, episodes. You, hopefully, if you enjoyed The Office, you'll enjoy those, and then some extras ones already on there, and some more to come. And thank you all, and. See you later. See you soon. Yeah, and I just hope we all remember The Office as the sitcom that put a smile on the face of all who it met. Ah, see you later. Wanker. Wanker.